Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hello and welcome. I'm Erin Cuthbert, footballer for Chelsea and the Scotland national team, and you're listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Folks, this is the Blue Day podcast, and this is an international special. Not not international rescue, but we're talking about the World Cup this week with certain Chelsea players that are been playing at this moment in the World Cup. But this is for Chelsea fans everywhere, where every day is a Blue Day. I am your host, Keith Lawrence, and joining me again this week is a man who has been enjoying the World Cup just as much as I am, and I can tell by the look on his face he's been enjoying it. It's Steve Wick. Steve, welcome back. Yeah. Nice that it's been talking about international football and World Cups and can England win it and all that crap that goes along with it. But how are you been? Yeah, I've, I've, listen, I'm like the rest of the country, mate. When... England do well. We all feel a little bit better, don't we? We uh, and I love when the uh, you wake up in the morning and we we've, we've beaten Wales three 0 and you see all the celebrations in all the bars and everything and understanding what it means to um, you know the the football fans in this country. If if we won the World Cup, I would love to see the celebrations that we'd have in this country because it's been a long time. Well, we'll, we'll talk about how England might do over the weekend. We'll talk about the review of England in the last three games. A lot of doom and gloom we'll talk about when England played the United States. And we'll talk about whether it's actually football or soccer. We'll also talk about two individuals who are actually doing quite well in the World Cup but can't do the same in a Chelsea shirt. More on that later. But we'll start, Steve, with England, of course. We'll mention talking about the knockout stages against Senegal on Sunday. Huge game. They're going up against two Chelsea players in Edouard Mendy and Koulibaly, who scored a cracking goal the other day against Ecuador, if, if, if you saw well, it. he did that for Chelsea. Well, he did it against Tottenham. So I, yeah. I can't complain too he much. Was, he did he score was also, a cracker against... He was also the fault of the goal as well. The equaliser, yeah. Well, no, that was, that, that was the refs and VAR's... Oh. For the goal, that weren't that were nothing to do with the defence. But um, <laughs> England, they're doing okay so far. People have been criticising Gareth Northgate 
for certain selections of players, but why where's Foden? You know, why is Kane still starting? He's got an injured ankle, blah, blah, blah. How have you seen England so far in these three games, Steve? Um, I was very... Because um, when we've had conversations about this before, Keith, I've always said that we've got the best or a very exciting front six in the team. I've always said that. And what I quite liked about the first game is that you saw that six express themselves and turn those, that expression into goals. And they were absolutely brilliant against Iran. What concerned me was the two, as a defender, I'd be kicking myself if we conceded a goal in the last minute and, or a goal like the one we conceded. So you don't like conceding goals. I don't like seeing England concede goals. Um, but the attacking side of our game was absolutely brilliant. And then I'm looking forward to the, um, the America game. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing us express ourselves. And we didn't express ourselves one iota through the whole 90 minutes. It was like, um, it was like, hey, what has happened? What a transition. We talk about, about transitions, uh, you know, in, in style of play. And yet the transitions between England and, and the way we played against America was, was unbelievable. Um, and then we played well. And we dominated the game, dominated the game from start to finish and won the game at a canter. Um, and I was delighted with the way we played and the way we, we dominated the game. But we have a hard game the next game. The next game is a hard game. And we've got to be physically up for it because they're a very physical side. Um, and it's going to be a hard game. This is going to be a hard game. Well, bit of breaking news. We will talk about England mostly throughout this um, show. But Belgium are out, Steve. As we are recording right now, Belgium are out. They drew nil-nil with Croatia. Yeah. And Morocco have beaten Canada. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a little bit surprised. Um, But there's something not quite right in the Belgium setup, is there, in terms of there's been a lot of, Bad press coming out. Um, uh, also, there's a lot of players that really have gone there past the sell-by date at uh, international level. And I think that... Um, I don't like Croatia because they beat us in the semi-final of the World, World Cup. Like, so, no, I, I, I'm not surprised. There seems to be a lot of internal fighting in the... Uh, the Belgium uh, setup, and a little bit like France, you know, it's, they've they've imploded a couple of times as well, and that's one thing you've got to give the uh, respect that Gareth Southgate needs because he's built an unbelievable, almost like a club culture in international yeah. football, where everyone loves each other and they're mates and they they fight for each other and they Gareth has done brilliantly at that. What he's done and what he's created is absolutely first class. You talked about the game against the United States and a lot of people were frustrated because of the draw, because they said it was drab, it was boring, it was crap. The result, I thought, weren't as bad as what people would make out. It's not a problem drawing in one of the games in in the group stage of the World Cup as long as you win the next one. And it was a good performance against Wales. Didn't see all of it. 
due to, due to other commitments. But I thought England were outstanding. Foden came on, started his first game, and they've looked looked lively. And England have got some attacking talent. They're not over reliant on Kane, which is which is nice to see. In other tournaments, we probably would be. But the likes of Rashford is scoring. Grealish yeah. is putting himself about a little bit. Foden as well. And there's see as you said, there seems to be a bit of a nice balance. Yeah. Now against a bit against better on international sides, it could be different, but at the moment there seems to be a nice little balance between the defence going into the midfield. You've got Jude Bellingham, who's done quite well for himself so far in the World Cup. You've got Declan Rice, who is basically said he wants out of West Ham. In, in no uncertain terms, in re- reading between the lines of what he said in a recent interview, he wants out of West Ham. He wants to win trophies. And between the midfield and the attack, there seems to be a nice blend. But we'll see how it comes up against the likes of Brazil, France, even Holland to an extent, because I think Holland might give us a good game. But the fact that Belgium are out, Germany could be out. With another defeat, if they if they go out, that'll be interesting. England could be one of the England could be one of the favourites to win this now. Well, that's where we get carried away with ourselves. Yes. Um, it's always been our biggest uh, problem in international football. You know, my son takes the mick out of me big time because I always think England can win the World Cup. Um, and I've craved that since 1966 when I was lucky enough to watch England beat Germany in, um, and see um, a fantastic performance by England. And I've always, always wanted, before I leave this earth, wanted to see England win a World Cup again. Um, and I always get carried away. I always let my heart rule my head. But what I'm saying is that I've looked at every team, I've watched every game, and there's no team that stands out. No, that's commitment. Yeah. Well, I have. Watch, watching no, every I'm, game, that's commitment. I'll give you that. Yeah, but and there's no team that I look at and think, like the Brazil in 1970, like the, 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 the Dutch team in 1974, you know, where you look and say, my God, they are the most fantastic. There's none of those. It's very, very close. Very good. And when you think Richarlison is playing up front for Brazil, he will never be, I know he scored a great goal the other day, but he's never going to be a Pele. He's never going to be a Tostal. He's, he's, never going he's to not play. going to get to that level, no. 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 You know, and I'm looking at it thinking, you know what? If we... A little bit, my only criticism of, of Gareth Southgate is that we play a little bit reserved. We, we hold back a little bit. Let's, for Christ's sake, back our front six to give... When we moved the ball quickly against Wells and quickly against Iran, they couldn't live with us. Hmm. And I'm going to go back now and say I think the biggest thing we've got to get going is Declan Rice looking forward and setting things off rather than going sideways or backwards. We need to get the ball forward when we control that ball in midfield with Declan, who's the, the defensive midfield player, rather than going backwards, which he did an awful lot, if you looked at the America game, he played a lot of backwards and sideways passing. 
when we have played our best, Declan starts off and he looks forward, controls the ball, looks forward and plays the ball forward. And we start from there. John Stones as well. A little bit control the ball sideways to Maguire, back to Stones. That's when we're at our worst. Let's get the ball forward quickly and let's attack quickly. And our front six that we've got, no matter who they are, they can cause major problems. Major problems. And I'd back us. If I was the manager, I'd say, right, I'd back us to beat anyone. But we've got to take that handbrake off a little bit and back ourselves. To, if they're going to score two, we'll score three. The Kevin Keegan scenario where we attack. Mm. Uh, and I think if we do that, as it's proved in two of the three games, we're a handful. We're a handful. Keeping this Chelsea-related, of course, Steve, would you start Mount on Sunday? We'll start Mason. Now, you know, number one, I'm one of his biggest fans. I'm very well aware of that, yes. I love that boy. I'm wearing his shirt right now, so I know how much of a fan you are. Oh, I love that boy, and um, I think he's an absolute credit to every professional footballer that's ever walked. Um, But my problem with the setup at the moment, I don't think Mason or England know his best position. And I think that if you look at would you swap him on the evidence of the last game for Foden? No. Would you would you bring him into the centre of midfield in place of Bellingham? That's probably the the place I'd look at him to be. And I've always said, and I think you 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 actually uh, back up what I say is the fact that I think you can give Mason responsibility in the centre of midfield because I think he's a very very intelligent footballer, and I think he can get forward. He could do that Bellingham job in front of Henderson. And in front of Rice, he could do that like, you know, Bellingham. He could do a good job there in that position. But he's played on the, he's played on the left. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think England know where's the best place to play him. But I think the option is, is Mount or Bellingham. But I must say, if I was Chelsea, I'd break the bank to get Bellingham. You've said this before. I'd break the bank. Because <laughs> that boy is going to be some player. Oh, yeah. He's a talent. Oh, 19. 19. Mm. He is a player. And he's the player we haven't got at Chelsea. Well, we haven't he... got much at Chelsea at the moment. All oh, we've we got is... Average Joes or players that want to leave. Speaking of players that want to leave, and this is probably the best time for them to do well at this World Cup, two players, one of them actually scored today, as we're recording, ironically enough, for his country. Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic. Two players who... Both. Pardon, Both Steve? should go. Both should go. Both should go. <sighs> Not good enough. Not good enough. They've had good World Cups. On social media, there seems to be a bit of a, a... There seems to be a bit of support for them in terms of give them a chance at Chelsea. 
Give them, give them the opportunity to flourish. Give them free reign to play Pulisic on one side and Ziyech on the other. Do you know, although think... frustrating as it sounds, obviously people do have opinions, and rightfully so, they should um, say their opinions. Not that people should listen to their opinions. However, it's no coincidence for me personally, looking at it from a Chelsea perspective. There's no coincidence that they're having good World Cups because they want to go. So they want to play well in the World Cup because then they're going to have clubs in Italy, Spain, maybe even yeah. in England. Look at them. Listen, if would, I was Aston Villa... If I was would Aston you keep Villa, them? No. If I was Aston Villa, I'd look to sign those players. And if they went to Aston Villa, they'd be good players. I think... They're not... Top end of the Premier League. And what upsets me about Zilic is the fact the amount of work rate he shows playing for his country and the lack of work rate he shows playing for his club. And that's what upsets me. And to me, I don't want those players in my club. Because Chelsea should be very special to him and he should work his socks off for his club. And if he'd have produced that to Chelsea with the amount of effort he's shown for his country, might be a different story. But I've seen him be, I don't know, like, oh, just lazy. Lazy. Yes. Lazy, lazy sort of, you know, liability for Chelsea. Do you think it'll be a good thing for them if they did have good World Cups that clubs would look at them to to buy in January and it could be a good time for Potter to maybe sell them at their highs because their value will be quite high if they do have good World Cups and Pulisic returns home as a national hero if he's not already. Ziyech is obviously a national hero. Do you think that Chelsea should stay on that bandwagon and go, well, we've had three managers now that don't really rate them in terms of consistent starting them. Shall we get rid of them while the iron's hot? Oh, yeah, without doubt. January January window. If they perform and Zelic does what he does, Please, Chelsea, don't have second thoughts and think to yourself, well, he, he must have something well, in there. Well, both are in the last 16 of the World yeah. Cup, so they are, you know, they are doing well for their How coaches. long have they been here and what have they done to, to set their precedent on what they're trying to achieve with Chelsea? And do you know what? It's minimal with both of them. With both of them. So, get them out and let other clubs have that problem when they're not that motivated and they're you know, anyone that writes an autobiography at 24 years of age, you've got to try and understand their mentality. Because at 24, how can you write autobiography? You know, I just think it's just because, I don't know, to the old scenario, if you're made of chocolate, you eat yourself. You think you're that important. I, I don't. And I think that what you do is you write an autobiography when you've won things for Chelsea and you've done things for Chelsea and you've won the European, you know, the, Champions League with Chelsea, and you're 34 years of age, you finish your playing career, by all means, write an autobiography, but not at 24. Mm. I think that 
shows the mentality of people. Well, it'll be interesting what they do, Chelsea, in terms of January. Will they be bringing in players in? There's talk about players potentially coming in January. Obviously, Potter will obviously speak to Todd about certain incomings. It seems as if the Ronaldo transfer might not happen. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> well, unless the, unless the Saudis decide to change their mind and he's up the creek without a paddle, we might be back in for him. But... No, mate, what epitomised him at the moment was when he tried to claim that goal. <laughs> he's that desperate. He tried to, you know, he tried to claim that goal. Listen... Uh, Would you see any of your old teammates do that? I can't. Ray Wilkins did one of mine when I thought I scored. No, 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 oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, and we we had a we had we had a real thing. I think it was against Ipswich, where I got on the end of a ball and put the ball in the back of the net, and he claimed. Well, listen, Ray was the most honest boy, so he probably did. But I wasn't that happy at the time. I was like, "What do you mean? I scored that." And it was, it was, um, we had a laugh about it in the end, and we never fell out about anything. But yeah, we did have that. But to me, you could see because when the ball went past him, if you get a touch, the ball spins. It never changed its, its thing. That's right. So, That's right. But he, um, yeah, but it was, it was amazing that he was trying to nick it off a Man United player. Couldn't make it up. No. Couldn't no. make it up. But as as again, as as we're recording, you've got Japan versus Spain tonight. Aspilicueta's doing quite well with the Spanish squad. Would be quite nice for him to, you know, end his, what a career he's had. It would be nice to maybe win another international trophy for him. That would be good on top of what he's already won. And then you've got, some, you know, some, some big games coming up as well with the weekend. Mateo Kovacic, again, congratulations to him. He's in the knockout stages of the Champions League. The uh, Champions League in the World you know Cup, what? excuse me. Excuse and, me. After, after Zelic and after Pulisic, you've mentioned two of the most incredible professional footballers. And Dave, to me is iconic with regard to Chelsea. That man has been one of the best signings for Chelsea and he has given everything, his heart, soul, blood, everything. And he has been one of the best signings Chelsea have ever made without having the, you know, look at me, I'm great. He's got on with his job and he's been absolutely superb. Uh, And listen, if England didn't win the World Cup and I could think of one person that I'd like to win a World Cup because of the way he has been for my club, it would be him. He has been an absolute credit to himself, uh, to everyone that knows him. He has been one of the best signings we've ever made. I'll second that. I think he, he, he was a fantastic signing. I was delighted when we bought him back in 2012. I haven't been wrong. He's been such a brilliant player. I think his best days are obviously behind him. Wouldn't surprise me at all if this was his last season for Chelsea. If he wants to go back to Spain and retire in the sun, 
we can understand. But that that man will leave Chelsea having given everything, and no one can ever criticise him. And we will probably miss him in the dressing room, although oh. he's not. Although no, he's not a captain like John Terry or Desai before him. I think his influence will be missed in the dressing room. Keith, I, I think I think actually you, you, I think you probably a little bit there, and I don't mean to criticise you because I will it, but I think he is. He was with John. He saw how John behaved, how he led the dressing room, and I think he, he's probably more as much influence in that dressing room as John. I think he would be that person that everyone would look to. If Mason Mount had a problem. I'd imagine the one person he'd speak to would be Ashley Quetta. And I think he, in many ways, took over the reins from John Terry. And I think he's been absolutely superb. Love the man. Love what he stands for. Well, the weekend's going to be a big one for English football. You've got England versus Senegal in on Sunday, as we're, as we're recording this in the... Sunday night in the last 16. Our record against African teams is pretty good. There's two certain players that play for the opposition, Mendy and Koulibaly. Koulibaly, again, as we said, scored a cracking goal against Ecuador. And Mendy, I think, has done a little bit iffy in terms of the group stage. There was a moment against, I believe it was Holland, where he parried the ball and he should have sco- he, he should have done better with it. Um, I think it'll be a tough one on Sunday, Steve. I think Senegal are no mugs. England will have to start quick. They have to work to their strengths a little bit. But one thing I do sort of look at is I think they have to use the wide area as well because I think Senegal, I think defensively, are not as strong as England. And I think if you get the ball into the box quick and quickly and there's enough support within the midfield, certainly don't play someone like bloody Jordan Henderson. I'd rather play I'd rather play Ivor the engine there at the moment. But you need a little bit more support there. And I think you know we, we can get at them. It will be difficult though, because Senegal are no mugs. Can I just say something to you? Be my guest. All right, and I'm not going to criticise you. That's twice you've said that in ten minutes. You've but, never but, said this to me. No, but what I'm saying, Jordan Henderson is the Aspelaqueta of England team. Everyone looks up to him. He is the consummate professional, and he's a leader of men. And I would never, ever criticise that man ever. I know he plays for Liverpool. I know we're a little bit sensitive about Liverpool. But I'll tell you what, if I was going into war, I'd have him by the side of me, I'll tell you. I'd have him by the side of me. He's, to me, he's just... The war will be finished and he's still halfway up the hill. No, he's not. He's better than that. He's better than that. Honestly, he's better than that. He's When he's on the pitch, he's forever shouting, forever, you know... He's, I don't know, I just, I've got the utmost respect (laughs) for Jordan Henderson. And I just, you know, I know we've got a thing about Liverpool and I know we've got a thing about this, but in terms of a professional footballer, he's up there with the best of them. 
What do you think the score will be Sunday, Steve? Uh, England 2-0. Oh, okay. I think we, as I said, if we learn by what, what we're good at and we get that ball forward early and we let our front six attack, I honestly believe that we will win the game. But the one thing we mustn't do is sink into those bad traits that we had against America where we were slow with the build-up and slow with the thing. And we didn't, we've got to get at them by attack, attacking at pace. One touch, two touch football. Not, oh, one touch, two touch backwards, one touch. And I'll tell you who, and I'll tell you what, he gets away with murder in the England thing. Who oh, has quite got a few to there, look to be fair. forward. Has got to look forward earlier. Is Declan Rice. What, the man who potentially is pretty much, not burned his bridges with West Ham, but he's basically asking teams, please come and get me. Please, I want to win trophies, please. I've heard a little rumour that the deal's done with Liverpool. I've heard a little rumour that the deal's done with Liverpool. But, but, But what I'm saying is, is he sets it off. And he's got to turn. And when he plays for West Ham, he's a different player to when he plays for England. 75% 75% of the time when he plays for England, he plays safe. Sideways, backwards. We've got to start going forward. Control the ball, look forward. And if we can get the ball forward, do it at a pace. Because that's when we're at our strengths. As we proved in, in the Worlds game and the, the, the Iran game, when we attacked at pace, people couldn't live with us. I'm not with certain individuals that think that England are going to tonk them. 3-4-0, because oh, England no have been there before. Remember Cameroon in 1990? We, we've been there before. We were the luckiest team to beat Cameroon ever. They had the most unbelievable chance to go, I think it was, oh, let's work it out, was it 4-2 up? Or, or they had a, the most, uh, and the guy tried to backhill it. Um, and we survived. And that was a turning point well, in they, the game. They were 2-1 they were up at the time. And then we. And got... they could have gone 3-1. Yeah, yeah, we got a penalty. And, yeah, second half. No, it was, it was, and that was the most scary game I think I've ever watched in my life in terms of England falling to a uh, a so-called minnow. But now, you know, they've won the African nations. They know what winning's all about. They're mm. tough. They're powerful. That's it. Strong. That's it. it ain't going to be easy. Well, we shall see. Come Sunday. And we'll see, you know, how England gets on. We'll see how the Chelsea lads get on. And it would be nice for a little bit of... And I'm going to say this now, just before the World Cup concludes. I think it would be nice for the Chelsea squad. And I think it would be nice for Potter. And I think it would be nice for everyone involved if at least one of our members, whether it... Who it was, whether one of our players ends up lifting the World Cup. Because I think it would be a good... Thing for yeah. it'll be a good thing, I think, for the for the, the 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 lad or lads. I think it'll be a good little boost for the club to have somebody that's recently won the World Cup because at the moment, with the defeats that we had before the World Cup and the performances before the World Cup, I think it will just give a little bit of a nice boost to the club before our game against Bournemouth on the twenty seventh of December. 
I think I totally agree with you, but I think what happened when I was a little boy in 1966, I was 10. Um, what I loved was the country coming together. Whether you're a Liverpool fan, a Chelsea fan, a Tottenham fan, an Arsenal fan, you're an England fan. Mm. Um, and it was the most incredible time I've ever experienced as a kid because we were the world champions. And, you know, we speak about the Premier League being the best league in the world. Now's the time to show the world that it's the best league in the world. Um, and I think you would have games that are potentially Argentina, Brazil, that are going to be won by a little bit of brilliance. In the past, you'd back Brazil and you'd back Argentina. But actually, we've got players that could do that bit of brilliance. Hmm. Bowden, Mount, Grealish, Rashford. We've got players that can do that. And it's about them coming to the party and actually believing in what they're doing. And there's no team that is standing out. There's no team that I look at and think, God, they're, what a fantastic team. There's not. So I think it's between Argentina, Brazil, Spain, France, and England. I think it's one of those that will win the World Cup. I think it's best to leave it on that one, Steve. I hope it's England. We shall see. One of those teams could potentially win it. I've, I've, yeah. I've got my money on one or two, but I think, yeah. Be, so be I still haven't convinced you to have your money on England, have I? No. No, <laughs> no I absolutely have. not, no. <laughs> I think you should have a five or a tenner on England. No, I've got, I've got my money on someone else, but no, they're, they're definitely not France. England. But... No. I bet it's France. It is. It's France, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, actually. Who is it, then? Brazil. Oh. I think it'll be a Brazil-France final. I think... England-France. If England beat France, I think they will gain so much belief because the one thing I will say, has Gareth Southgate ever won a game against a team that is better than England? So has he ever won? If you look at the, if you go back to the Euros and you look at the only possible game you could say that was Germany, but they were a poor German side. And we won that game. But when you look at a game where we're playing a big one. Have we ever won a game? I'll tell you what I'll do, and I'll even leave this on here so listeners will know about this. If England beat France yeah. in the World Cup, I will cook you and your good lady a Sunday dinner. I'm telling you, we like pork. <laughs> you like chicken and start ordering it because I think England can mind you when it comes to the World Cup my wife will tell you I am the eternal optimist 
and I believe in things. But do you know what? All I want to do, more than anything in the world, is to relive my 1966 memories of seeing Bobby Moore going up to get that World Cup with England winning it again. It means so much to me because I'm one of those old-fashioned people where my country comes before my club. And I, that's old-fashioned. But that's... Our, I sat down with Bobby Moore once and I had a long talk with him. And he was talking about when they won the World Cup. And I said to him, Bobby, I said, I've got to ask you a question. So he said, go on then. I said, he, he said, I based the question everyone asked me. I said, when you were about to go up the steps at Wembley to get that World Cup, what was going through your head? He said, well, Steve, I looked up and the Queen had white gloves on. He said, I looked at my hands and they were absolutely filthy with mud. Now, if you watch Bobby going up to get the World Cup, all he's doing is wiping his hands on his shirt, on the side of the thing, and cleaning his hands. Watch it, because it's the truth. And he said, that's all I was... And I thought to myself, what a class individual that man is. And he was just... And that's what stays with me. When my dad put his shoe through the television when the Germany, German equalised, and we had to go and watch the extra time in the next door neighbour's house because our telly was broken. That to me was magic mem memories of what it meant to people and that's what I'd love to see. One more time before I leave this earth I need to sing and win the World Cup. We will leave it there on that and we hopefully will see England progress on Sunday against Senegal and who knows you might I be feel guilty. I hope you feel guilty back in Brazil. No, I'm going to feel guilty cooking you and your other half a nice Sunday dinner. That's what I'm going oh, to feel no. guilty of. But we hope you've enjoyed this international special of the Blue Day podcast. Good luck to all the teams left in the competition, especially those that are Chelsea related. We will be back before the World Cup final to obviously review other matches and to preview hopefully England's progress in the tournament. We will be back soon. But if you are new to the show, thank you very much for listening. Your li listening is appreciated. Don't you worry about that. You can find us on Twitter at the Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Instagram as well at the Blue Day Podcast. But thank you very much for listening, folks. We hope you enjoy the World Cup as much as we are. Stay safe, folks, and carefree. Sports Social Podcast Network.